Well, there we are. Caught me off guard there. <laughs> Pastor Paul here at the home office enjoying this beautiful day. It's Wednesday morning. Let's check it out. March 10th, 2021. So glad you're joining us. We're marching through the book of Exodus and we're up to Exodus 19. And this is the point in time where the people of God have encamped around the mountain of God to receive the law of God. And remember from back when they were still captives under Pharaoh and the Egyptians, um, Mo God had Moses tell Pharaoh repeatedly that one of the reasons that they were going to be let go was to go out into the wilderness and to worship God. Now, the way that that is phrased, it makes us think about um, a worship service. So, oh, hey, Pharaoh, just let us go out into the desert for a couple days. Let us go to this worship Christian festival and we'll worship God and come back. But when this idea of the people of God being called out of Egypt and to come to worship God, this is something far beyond just a mere worship experience, right? This is God calling his people, yes, out of Egypt, but into covenant relationship with himself. And so, so fundamentally what God was, was calling the, the Israelites to do is to say, you, you have been slaves of, of the Egyptians. You have been, you have been captive to, to their command and their authority. Well, now I'm calling you out of Egypt so that you have a new king, a new captain, a new commander, um, and that would be me. Um, I'm, I'm freeing you from bondage to them and calling you into covenant relationship with me. That, that, that's the meaning of this idea of to journey out of, out of Egypt. And we're going to see the culmination of this here in Exodus 19. And so I'm going to read the whole, the whole um, chapter um, as, the, as, the, as God's creation chimes in here in the background. But here we go, Exodus 19. On the third new moon, after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They set out from Rephidim and came into the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain, while Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and brought you on my, to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe you forever. When Moses told the words of the people to the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. And let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. And you shall set limits for the people all around, saying, Take care not to go up into the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned or shot. Whether beast or man, he shall not live. 
When the trumpet sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and consecrated the people, and they washed their garments. And he said to the people, Be ready for the third day. Do not go near a woman. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast, so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in the thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people, lest they break through to the Lord, to look and to look, and many of them perish. Also let the priests who come near to the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. And Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for you yourself warned us, saying, Let's set limits around the mountain and consecrate it. And the Lord said to him, Go down and come up, bringing Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them. Now, for 21st century evangelical ears, um, let's be honest, this can be a bizarre passage, right? Um, bizarre because there seems to be so much formality, so much um, mystery, so much like shock and awe uh, accompanied by the by this idea of of Israel entering for the first time into the very presence of God and and, and part of the the reason this is so startling or or um, jolting to us and you've heard and we've spoken about this before is this idea that as as 21st century Christians we are very much tied into the imminence of God imminence meaning God is with us God is in us God is accessible to us um, um, which is certainly uh, a truth we see parallel I mean we, we see fleshed out in Scripture obviously Jesus came as the Word of God and dwelt among us right um, but sometimes this idea of imminence or God with us or in us can translate into something that that's that's unhealthy um, it can translate into this idea of us having sort of a casual relationship with God or a casual intersection with him um, that that we are sort of um, nonchalantly moving in and out of of sort of this spiritual transaction with our significant spiritual other God you know God's our co-pilot you know um, we 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 uh, we, we casually uh, come into worship with a cup of coffee in our hand 20 minutes late, let the hearer hear. Um, we, we, we have this sense that there's not a lot of urgency necessarily to gather. There's a sense of which, you know, hey, I'm a spiritual person, so I kind of pick and choose my interactions with, with God. I pick and choose my interactions with, with the church. And so, as David Wells would say, um, in one of his books, and he was very prescient in this when he said that the knowledge of God or the reality of God, the presence of God seems oftentimes to rest very lightly um, on us as 21st century believers. And we can end up having this sort of casual relationship with God that doesn't um, 
that is not marked by an appropriate sense of awe, an appropriate sense of glory, an appropriate sense of God above us, that he is transcendent, that he is um, calling us out to him. And, and, and here, I think in Exodus 19, we see something that is much closer or is the reality of us in relationship to God that we see all throughout scripture, right? Um, we, we, we see this whenever man gets a glimpse of the glory of God, okay? Whether it's Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, whether it's Jesus appearing to John, okay, at the beginning of Revelation chapter one, and John sort of face down, whether it's Isaiah in the throne room of God, whenever man gets just a glimpse of the Shekinah glory, he is always laid out. He is always hugging the ground. He is fully aware of his, um, his, his unworthiness and sinfulness and his desperate need to be covered um, by God from God's holiness. And, and really, this is, this is the pattern of Scripture, right? Um, certainly God is in us and with us, but he is just as much above us, over us, okay, surrounding us. And, and here, this is, what a, this is the picture we have here, that, that, that God is basically saying, unless the sins of the Israelites are atoned for, unless there is a mediator between me and them, which in this case is Moses, um, the people are done. The people cannot even approach my unholy, my holiness. Um, they cannot approach my light. And so this is why all these stipulations about keeping distant from the mountain, from, from consecrating themselves, from setting themselves apart by, by spiritual preparation. Um, this is why we see all this, uh, these thunderclaps and lightnings and thunders and trumpet blasts. All of this was meant to communicate to the people of Israel that God was holy and that they were not, um, and that they could not come into God's presence, as it were, as they were. There, there had to be special mediation. And so this was, of course, in the form of Moses, who came and prayed on behalf of the people. And remember that, that God was not just inviting them in for a cup of coffee. He was inviting them into a covenant relationship with him. In other words, where they no longer belonged to the, to the Egyptians, they belonged to him. They were his people. They were his treasured possession. Um, that God was a jealous God who was jealous for their affections. And, and all of this in Exodus 19 is in preparation for them receiving the law of God in Exodus 20 and following, which we're going to start looking at, of course, tomorrow. Now, what can we learn from this? What, 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 where do we go with this? Well, one, for, for some of us, it might just be a new concept that we need to have a category, a theological category called transcendence. Um, and understanding that God is holy, he is high and lifted up, he is exalted, he is above us. And as such, um, we are standing literally on holy ground when we come into his presence. And having that knowledge, right, um, truly impacts the way we gather or the way we think about gathering or the way that we think about praying or the way that we think about coming to worship on a Sunday or the way that we think about um, our actions in light of the fact that God is our holy sovereign. 
So one, it might just be like a, a new category for us. Number two, we need to remember that um, we have been called into covenant relationship with God. That's still the reality, um, even for us as New Testament people, because Jesus said at the Last Supper, what did he say? This is the new covenant in my blood. And again, a covenant is a life or death bond. Um, it's not a contract. It's not a... Uh, a contractual arrangement that can be easily broken. A covenant is a life and death bond made in blood. And, and so this covenant was sealed by the shedding of blood of animals in the, New, in the Old Testament. So whose blood um, consummated this covenant relationship between us and God? Well, it was Jesus's blood, right? So he was the, his blood was the, new, was the blood of the new covenant. He is now our mediator. And so all of these things are meant to point us to this amazing divine reality that if we are a Christian, someone who professes faith in Christ, we live in covenant relationship with the sovereign God of the universe. And as such, um, we have to have a mediator, which is Jesus Christ. Now, none of this is to lessen the, the reality that God is also in us. Jesus is in us with his spirit. He's, he goes with us. He walks with us. There's an intimate holy communion. But, that, but the emphasis there is on holy communion, okay? Not an irreverent communion, not an unholy communion. It's a covenant communion where God binds our hearts to his and his to ours. And these are just a few things that we can glean from this chapter in Exodus 19. Now tomorrow we'll dive in to um, Exodus 20, which is a very famous passage because it's the giving of the law, the Ten Commandments. Can't wait for that. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same station. Let me pray. Lord, go with us today. Keep as a category in our minds the reality that you are a holy God and that you've called us to live in covenant relationship with you. Lord, thank you that that is possible through the shedding of your son's blood, Jesus Christ, on our behalf. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.